just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bog Beef. And today we're joined by a longtime friend, fellow uh, uh, young guns of the right, <laughs> uh, the hometown boy done good, Oral McIntyre. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Remember, remember like, uh, you know, back in the old days when we didn't have like two subscribers to rub together, we would just be sitting around talking about, you know, what it, was, what it would be like? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, we would listen to like the, uh, Dave to distribute us videos and uh, always marvel at how Dave had this ability to, <sighs> with, with such great economy, explain ideas to people in ways that would make it make sense. Not only is Dave great at that, uh, the person we're talking to today, Oren, I don't think there's anybody who's better at just distilling information down the way you are. You know, you can take Burnham, C.S. Lewis, and then you know, pop out a, a five or ten minute video that just explains it completely. I was going to say, uh, yeah, if, if people don't know Oran, um, <clears throat> like, I, I, you know, this is one of those things I was going to say is like, yeah, I've known him since I've known him since before he had a, a, a Twitter account, <laughs> but um, he's, he's, uh, I, I don't know if you would, if you would still call yourself, but you, you have a, a, a kick-ass YouTube channel. He's uh, the, the, basically the very, very, like, it's not kissing his ass because you can see how successful uh, you are at Twitter. I mean, you're, you're very, very successful at Twitter. A lot of people probably know you from there. But, uh, yeah, so how would, I mean, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. People should know who you are around here, but sure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I appreciate that, guys. And, and yeah, like so many of you, I also, you know, fell into this world by watching the distributors, you know, and so he's somebody I've, I've on I've known online for a long time, and so when I was started my channel, you know, I was like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And he put he put me on his um a guest spot on his channel uh, when I was just getting started, and uh, so he was very kind and helped me out a lot. And uh, and anybody who's no not not in our corner who hasn't been following the distributors should should of course fix that right away. But yeah, I remember coming on you know get on Twitter. I was like, okay, I need to. Could need to hawk this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta tell people I'm making this stuff somewhere. Apparently, Twitter's the place to go. And I remember looking at, uh, you know, Bog Beef, and it's like this guy has five thousand followers. That's insane. <laughs> like <laughs> five thousand people are listening. Like I was like, one day, you know, I might, I might, I might reach those lofty heights. And so it's, it's been pretty wild. Um, it's, it's been pretty crazy. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah, you know, the one joke that that Dave the distributor is always saying is, you know, he's very good at what he does, but he's very long winded. You know, he's he's very eloquent and he he can does deep mm-hmm. dives very well, and uh, and and you know he he always makes that joke about himself is you know, I just never been brevity's just never been my thing, and so that that's been my main thing is yeah I've got the. A, l- a little bit, a little bit of the the time in the the foxhole with the journalism, and so I, you know, in, to repent of my ways, I've decided to turn those powers to to good, and you know, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the way that you craft tweets is you're very concise and stuff like that, and it's it, it gets a lot. I mean, you like I said, it's not kissing his ass. You can look at his the performance on Twitter, and I don't, you know, there, uh, it, it, it's kind of un- people are. 
this medium, you're good at sort of conveying things. And it's it, like I said, it's not like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're selling pillows or something. Not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but you're, you're, you're teaching people. You're the sensei. And uh, I wonder, do you, do you have experience in teaching? Because I mean, you, because you're teaching people some, some complex things and you know, you're using this medium. Uh, I, I think of your, your, your Twitter is like a, a learning thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, and by the way, if you can set me up with a pillow deal, let me know. Um, I know you've got connections in that realm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, one of the things I tried to do, you know, a lot of people will look at the tweets and the things that I'm talking about. And sometimes they'll say, well, you know, you do a lot of repetition or you do, you use particular phrases a lot. And, and the thing is like, yeah, I'm doing those kinds of things on purpose that when you're, when you're trying to get something to stick in people's heads, when you're trying to break it, something down that you want a general audience to understand, like you can't just theory craft all the time. You have to, yes. you have to have those on ramps that let people kind of understand what you're saying. And then you can bring them to the more difficult stuff. Then you can kind of get them to the deeper dives. And so that's why I, you know, sometimes I'm just doing quick, you know, uh, burst reaction type stuff or memes or that kind of thing. And then I'm also like posting, you know, uh, a mold bug or, 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 or land or, you know, doing more complex threads and, and, and bring people into to pieces that are, that have got more uh, complexity to them. I, I want to provide a variety of stuff though that, you have you have to if you're trying to talk to the fo- to the Sean Hannity audience, sorry, but you, you can't just always hit them with like you know Demestra. Like you've got to you've got to give them steps along the way, and so that that's the thing I try to do is try 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 to deliver things in a that are not what conservatives or people on the right are used to hearing in a way that they can still kind of connect to their values and their decision making kind of apparatus. And still not see it as like weird or or against them, you know, letting letting them know your friend and you're trying to show them something they haven't been seeing rather than coming at them with a wall of theory and explain like, no, that's why everything you believe is wrong. Yeah, well, that what some people call repetition is just simply consistency. And on Twitter, that can be novel because there are a lot of people who they they talk about politics or philosophy or whatever but like really what they're doing is every week they're coming out with this new esoteric explanation for why everything you thought is wrong and just you know I'm I'm the person who has this these genius insight that no one's ever told you about <laughs> and the second the second you hear it you're going to be amazed but the problem with that is if you if that's your if that's the thing that you do on Twitter or whatever you have to keep Making up new esoteric bullshit to, to keep it going. That's right. So like they can, they can, they can, ne- they they couldn't have repetition if they wanted to because you'd be like, yeah, we, yeah, I know the Illuminati are are actually behind the chloride, the, you know, the fluoride in the water. We we know that. We move on to the next thing. And the the take market itself, people talk people talk about it and make fun of it, and a lot of times in the context of. Like our political enemies, like they decide they move on to some new crazy thing every fifteen minutes. But that's because their bench is incredibly deep. They can talk. They can talk about a thousand different subjects at once because they have thousands of grad students and professors who are just spend their entire li- dedicate dedicate their entire lives to enforcing this orthodoxy 
onto onto the unsuspecting public. If you don't have that deep roster behind you, then yeah, you but you better stick to the classics, and you better be able to explain them to normal people in a way that can make it useful to their lives. The the best example right now is what's happening with the school system. Like it was that was memed into existence by people who have had a an axe to grind with the public school system for a long time, but they have successfully made normies care about it. If you look at Corey DeAngelis' feed through literally sheer repetition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, He's been at, like, like, like you said, I'm sure he was saying defund the schools, you know, 10 years ago. However, you know, opportunity strikes and then he's, you know, he, he's, he's already, already there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at someone like Chris Rufo and he literally just says, here's what I'm going to do. And he lays out his exact strategy for advancing rhetoric and using language and like the exact attack vector he's going to uh he's going to use to like approach something and then he just systematically like gets the receipts and knocks it down step by step and it works like it it, <laughs> it really is something people don't understand that like persuasion and um persuasion is not a math problem you know you don't you don't just you don't just add it up and like and 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 always make like the perfect logical argument and then people are just like oh yeah no that's what that's what we need to change like that's not <laughs> that's not actually how that works this is the whole you know mm. facts don't care about your feelings actually they super do it's actually like like critical if, especially if you're trying to to convince a large group of people to to shift perspective and so uh i i think it's I think you can see a lot of people starting to understand that more. You are seeing a lot of people change the way, but I think you're right that a lot of, a lot of people who are just chasing notoriety and trying to like keep an audience and gain an audience, they've got to get more and more radical. Like, like they've got to look for that new thing, that new weird, you know, trick that's going to help you. Oh, oh, and we've seen so many people do this, right? Like they just start falling down a rabbit hole of like constantly having to ship their idea, shift their ideology to something more radical or more esoteric or you something more ridiculous just so they can un- uncover some new truth. Um, but, but if you're actually trying to like create something stable and, and something that makes sense <laughs> that people can live in, uh, that that's a terrible way to do things. And so uh, I think it, it is important to, you know, if you do actually have a place you're going and you really do have a thing you think will help people, then like you said, sticking to that, iterating that, helping them, you know, see it from a different angle until they kind of get it is far more valuable than like trying to push the envelope. Like I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm just reading old books, like particularly old books that other people told me to read, right? Like, like how Half of what I do is just go down old bugs reading list and then like understand them better myself and then explain them. Like, so uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not breaking new ground. I'm not revolutionizing anything like, and I don't need to, that's okay. I don't have to, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room that, that that's not like an essential thing. Like communicating something useful for people is, is good enough for me. Amen. Amen. These are the, these are, uh, these are like two of my big hobby horse. I won't hang around them too long, but it's the kind of, um, 
when you do the kind of things that we do, you know, you spout ideas on the internet. So, you know, like, um, like my thing's the patronage thing, right? And so when you go to my profile, the first thing you're going to see is this is my spiel about the patronage. And you'll notice a very peculiar thing on there where, where I say, and this is like, no, you're not, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this. This is not, a, this is not like a normal thing. I say, I'm not saying what my thing is better than yours. And like, why do I do that? Because you have to get these people to just f off because they 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 there's all this you hear two things you hear a i've heard this before it's like well no shit my favorite book is like two thousand years old i'm sure it's <laughs> you know I, I, that just means nothing to me at all you know my brain just choosing what i think about is is like very important to me because like i can't think about two things at once you know but um so so I, I do that thing where I say, yep, yep, you beat me in the competition. Your your next generation ideas are more advanced. Now, get get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, okay, Orange Substack is named The Total State. I, as I've told him in private, and I think I've said this publicly a few times before, I love the term The Total State. On a basic level, it's not anything new. Like we've uh, people have been complaining about totalitarian governments and and uh, ideologies uh, for eighty years. But that's but that's exactly the point. When you hear the word totalitarian or authoritarian, it means nothing to you because this word has been I don't know, maybe changed isn't because it was kind of their word to begin with. This is a word that has baggage. It means effectively you are an enemy of the people who are in charge of the United States right now. You are an enemy of college professors. This is just a designation that you're bad. Can I jump in here? Like we, we had this, we, uh, me and Merrick, we were debating this guy like a week ago or whatever. And it was this thing about, um, he said, stop using the word an monarchy. I said, yeah, and he, cause he was like, what you're describing is not classical monarchy. I was like, that's right. I said, let's go down the other list of words we're allowed to use for this. Uh, there's tyrant, uh, despot, you know, like they all sound horrible. And so this is the one that sounds least horrible. Like Mulbug says, if, if you can't find the right word to explain what you need to say, then someone's probably been tinkering with your word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is why these, I mean, it's called the meme phrases kind of diminishes it, but it is, it is kind of that. Corey DeAngelis and Chris Ruffo, for example, you'll see them say over and over again, the money doesn't belong to government schools. And this is this is really clever for two reasons. One, if you say public schools, you're playing into the frame of your enemy. People have, they've heard a billion times, you know, a, a phrase that involves public schools, and as always, we have to defend public schools from the evil Republicans. Uh, two, the word government in front of something is almost universally bad. Like, and not just from like a right-left perspective, um, if you're in the African American community, you might refer to something as your government name or whatever, right? Mm. Hey, just, let me give you a choice. You like how you like you like the Munster cheese or you like the government cheese? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you have to you have to I think find new ways to express very old ideas, and you have to use language that has not been corrupted at the source by the people who run the education system. So like saying, saying public schools will, will inevitably lead your thought process to a direction saying totalitarian or authoritarian certainly will. If you say the total state, if you say, if you say government schools, then you can have a conversation about something with, with, uh, with ideas that aren't inherently loaded. Does this make sense? Yeah, one of the big things that one of the big challenges that I think you know I run into, and I'm pretty sure you guys do too, is when you're trying to explain 
what's going on around us. It's totalitarian, yes, but the idea people have of totalitarianism is is Nazi Germany, it's um, it's Soviet uh, Russia, it's mm-hmm. it's 1984, right? They don't have a concept of soft totalitarianism, and so one of the things that the phrase "the total state" does is it shifts you kind of out of that that idea of like jackboots and uh, you know um the, the it gets you away from this uh direct police state and it allows you to understand kind of this creeping totalitarianism that's kind of slowly strangling you instead and you're right that like owning language is really important because uh, if there was one thing that the right just was doing terribly until recently, it's it's framing, right? They just had no understanding of framing. They still have no, most of them still have no control. You have you have a few guys like Rufo and DeAngelis and those guys who who really do understand framing. The vast majority of the right, even like top tier people, don't get it. Like they really do not understand the really important, uh, you know, just the necessity of creating and owning your own language around an issue, which is why people on the right will call, you know, Vladimir Putin a fascist. Like you can't think of any, (laughs) you can't think of any totalitarian movement out of Russia that maybe it could be analogous to fascism. Fascism is the only thing that comes to mind. Right. Like, but they, they don't think about the fact that they are playing by the rules of the left when they try to invoke, you know, fashion. They, they think they're saying, oh, well, you know, if I say, you know, if I say that uh, Biden is a fascist, then I'm, I'm showing them that actually they're the bad guys. And they don't realize, like, they're just invoking the image and enforcing the image that the left once enforced and that they're application of the term is never going to stick just like dims is the re- are the real racist is never going to work like they, they just don't understand who owns certain pieces of language and why and why they're able to manipulate them on the fly and how important it is to separate what you're talking about from the language of your enemy yeah i mean you you quoted him the other day you know meathead rob reiner the famous <laughs> director and actor said that on Twitter, if you if you vote for Republicans, you are voting for fascism. If you vote for Democrats, you're voting for democracy. And, you know, whatever. Celebrity, like, one th- really funny thing about social media is we found out how stupid celebrities really are and how, like, the, the idea of, of, like, sophisticated, famous people having intelligent conversation, we, we at least put that. We put that cons- that conspiracy theory to rest. They're they're absolute idiots. But like this is just what he believes. If you're a Republican, you're fascist. So if you if you call Vladimir Putin a fascist or whatever, you call Joe Biden a fascist. You're just saying that person's as bad as me. Right. You, exactly. It, it, it'll, it'll never work. You'll never do anything with it. Can, can you vote against democracy? Uh, yes, actually, <laughs> apparently that's a, a, yes. a theme, an ongoing theme now is that voting, voting incorrectly is voting against democracy, which, you know, tells you what to, you know, that's uh, you know, giving reference to your uh, to your your government uh, catchphrase. Right. That's that's mold bugs old thing. Right. Is uh, uh, the difference between democracy and government, like just using those words, you know, and seeing how people's attitudes change to them. Yeah. And politics being a yes, bad po- word. Politics. Yeah. Same thing. You politics don't like <laughs> politics, but we do like democracy, even though they are obviously the same thing. One of your newer, newer phrases that I really enjoyed, I actually dropped it the other day, completely unconsciously. We were on the podcast. Popular. You, you say popular sovereignty in situations where 
we would have said democracy ten years ago because you can't because you say democracy just like we just covered. You are you're saying that that's the whole state. Like that's everything packed together. Democ- democracy equals the Democratic Party. You, you but popular sovereignty. You can you can separate the concept of the theory that everybody takes a vote and and we make the decisions that govern society this way. Uh, obviously, as Americans, we're discovering more and more. That's not actually how it works. It's it's never been how it works. Right. It's not like there's no person that <sighs> would that would want. Sorry. No. No. I mean, well, there was no. I was gonna say there's no person that would want it to be like like you know. I was thinking about this the other day. Like when, you know, in, in the Lord of the Rings, like um, uh, I don't care what the orcs want. You know, I don't care what <laughs> I, I don't care what what convicted felons want. I don't uh, to, uh you know it. Who like you know if you go back in American history, not every single person's opinion was it was uh, uh, legally valid. Yeah, well, the the phrase "popular sovereignty" anybody who studied history has a negative connotation. It was the <laughs> a period in American history where. In theory, we had a genuine moment where we said, we should just take a, a vote and see how everybody feels about chattel slavery, right? If, if, if the, the phrase itself, like I've, I've rarely ever heard it outside that context, which is why I thought that reframing of it was pretty brilliant. Well, it, it's even if you, you know, popular sovereignty obviously has a lot of issues and we can, you know, we can talk, we can, we can, we can talk about that. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy to, but even if you support it, you, divorcing it from the concept, the catchphrase of democracy, like you said, is very important because at this point, democracy means whatever the left wants. And, and everyone knows that, like everyone sees that now it's impossible for for most people but you have to you have to separate the concept because now it's woven so tightly into uh into kind of our our, our popular imagination that if you don't if you don't find something separate to to like recenter the discussion on the actual governing mechanism of a vote of citizens cuz i mean right now like what is it is it is it new york or dc that's you know working on making sure that non-citizens can't vote like or can vote like what does that even mean at this point right like democracy is is just is just putty in the hands of the people who who define your language at this point and so yeah just setting setting the mechanism aside even if you think the mechanism is a, is a bad thing just having it separated out is very valuable because there are especially still on the right there's so many people their 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 entire identity is is wrapped up in this concept and you're you're never going to be able to like completely get them to rethink things until you can at least own the concept or the, the area around the concept so that they can kind of reestablish what it actually means. Let's, let's, let's get uh, theoretical here. You know, one of these things um, that I think should be a slam dunk and like, you know, the, the cathedral thing, like, or you, you covered that story. They, they put it on the, like uh, a small segment of Fox news or something. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember Molebug saying like, well, you know, he didn't, this, this idea, like he wouldn't love it if, if this like, you know, uh, got watered down, hit the mainstream or things like, I was just thinking like, no, that's like, isn't you're like, you're the best thing you can do as like a political writer. Like, remember you're not doing real politics and stuff is to get a complex idea, 
pack it into a small couple words and then like uh you know like like on the left they'll be like oh the climate crisis or the school to like if you say if a leftist says from the leftist the school to prison pipeline they're communicating like a long complex uh facts arguments well not facts but arguments and you know and, and you know, this thing with the, the cathedral like like first off like the the i mean uh we'll just do the basic here uh i think and this is this goes into like how what you're doing with your with the with uh your uh, we'll say teaching your uh stuff is like the the left like um they're like Merrick said their bench is deep there are like how many people do you think like if we could put a number on how many people are paid to uh sort of produce ideas for their movement I mean could it it could could it, it could reach six figures couldn't it. Oh, I mean, it's it's the entire university system at the at the yeah. very it, least. It could reach seven. Yeah, figures. yeah, very uh, easily. It, it definitely, it is high six figures oh, minimum. We remember we read that how many what percent of school teachers there were, and it was enormous. It was like five percent of Americans or something. Yeah. Uh, so okay, yeah. So how do you, how do you think we've seen the the cathedral change in the last let's say five years? I don't know. It, it's a uh, it, it has has it. Big question. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it has changed significantly, right? Um, like one thing that Nick Land said is that the only reason you can see the cathedral now is that it's dying, right? Like if you have a mind control device, then you shouldn't be able to see the mind control device, right? The whole point of it is it controls your perception. So if people can regularly see kind of the outline uh, behind the drop, you know, the backdrop of like what's being, what's happening and how they're being manipulated, then something kind of critical has failed. And so I think what we are seeing is, is kind of a, the, the, there's a weird point that our regime is at right now where they are stronger technically than they have ever been. Like they have more total control uh, and centralized control of kind of the apparatus of state uh, more formal power and informal power than they've kind of ever had before. But at the same time, they've gotten really bad at wielding the informal power. And that has made their moves way more obvious. Like it, it kind of feeds into things every time they, they, they flex that power in the open, like their, their real ability was the soft manipulation, you know, the, the, the manipulation of procedural outcomes, set up rules. Everyone thinks they're playing by the rules, but then in the backdrop, you are altering the rules so that you come out the vast majority of the time as the winner. And you don't need to win every one of these because at the end of the day, you're still winning the majority and you understand that still generates the overwhelming amount of power for you. So like smart, competent people with like, with like good control on their time preference, they can run the system for a very long time as they did. But as you get more extreme and like you get worse at the game, you have to like flex um, on certain things to like get compliance. Like you, 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 each generation, each iteration of the cathedral felt like it deserved more control, uh, than it already had. And it could, and it, and it lost its ability to control time preference. Like they, they needed immediate results and they needed more complete control with each iteration. And so they dad, had, had to flex has, more and more. 
dad has to take off his belt rather than just give you a look. It's exactly right. And and so as the as the hard power starts dripping into the system, like as they start getting and and the rhetoric just becomes extreme, they like paint themselves into a box. Like there's nowhere for them to go rhetorically at this point, right? Like they went from calling their opponents bigots to racist, homophobe, whatever, to like uh, to 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 um, uh, white supremacists to now like fascists like like straight up the the president of the United States just calls anyone who disagrees with them a fascist like where where do you go? oh and insurrectionists of course like there was a, where uh, do you go semi, at that point semi fascist step yeah uh, yeah like somewhere two in there ago. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I mean right before you gave a, an address in front of a blood red background where you you know flanked by marines. Um, but at that point, like, where do you go? There's nowhere left to go. And because they've memed themselves into believing, like, how threatening their opponents are, they they have to react accordingly. So, like, they're running around right now. The FBI is running around raiding all of the all of Trump's uh, associates. They're they're uh, they're arresting pro life protesters at gunpoint, like taking them out of their homes homes uh, with machine guns in hand. Uh, like, uh, like escorting them out that way. Like the, the, like they're just straight up going, you know, uh, Gestapo style to, to just their political enemies and they're scooping them up at this point. So there's not a lot of like soft persuasion, you know, like, like they're still doing the game, but, but they've, but it's very clear that like the, the ability of them to operate this soft power mechanism has fallen apart. And because they are foxes and not lions, because they are built Mm -hmm. on soft power, not hard power. When they do apply to hard power, it's ugly, it's messy, it's inefficient. It looks cruel. Um, and so there, it's very clear that while the, the they still have some, they still have control of most of this consensus making apparatus. Their ability to operate it and use it to like just move the ball a little bit and be happy with that is completely gone. These people are completely unhinged at this point. They have no self control. Uh, they are it's weapons free on all of their enemies at all times because they've convinced themselves that if they even for ten seconds don't rule every aspect of your brain, then like the the you know. Handmaid's Tale, you know, will come and Mecha Hitler will conquer, you know, America. Like, they really do believe that at this point. Well, I mean, yeah, because there's an infrastructure problem for them. And this, I think this drives a lot of, of, of their behavior in the last 10 years. It's that, you know, in the past, if, if, we're, if we're moving the clock back to 1960 or whatever, things are, like, economically in America so good that you don't have to promise every every lib uh you know a job in the university system or public school system you don't have to do that they can just go about their lives and they can read the washington post and just be you know be happy libs and it'll be fine move the move the clock to 2020 and now you have far more people in the coalition fighting for far fewer jobs and fewer goodies in general and that's going to lead to competition and the only way you can compete in their world is to say Yes, and mm-hmm. right. That that's right. But you're you're not going far enough. Not only do we need, you know need to have the, the marriages, but we need to have like child drag queens. This has to be a thing. If you don't do this, you're literally killing people. And uh, I mean, obviously, I know that you bang this drum a lot. Yeah, they're just a lot of perverts who just who just want to deal with kids. That's li- that's literally what they're in it for. But there's also a lot this this and, and this is not a this is not a white pill. It's like if anything it's a black pill. There are a lot of people who they have they don't care at all about this, but it's an avenue for them to move up in the hierarchy. And if that means, you know, trafficking a couple kids 
they'll happily do it. And then th- their rhetoric's not going to not going to calm down. It doesn't matter how unpopular these ideas are. It doesn't matter how much crime there is in Baltimore or Detroit or whatever. They're never going to hit the brakes because everything in their life can can only like their life can only improve if they become more intense and they outcompete their rivals. And th- and this this kind of this kind of competition mixed in with just I, th- I think we can all agree there's a been a general decline in the quality of their personnel. Like 20, 20 or thirty IQ points down, they just can't maintain the control that they could in the past, even if they wanted to. So it doesn't matter. You can have the all the best Google algorithms in the world. That's not going to give you this ability to camouflage yourself like you could in in you know nineteen seventy three. You know those those writers the left had like in the the sixties was really like um you know big big time win win time for the uh the left you know they had those like um those writers that were sort of you know disenchanting the youth like what was it the ginsburg and who are those those guys um the beat beat poets and stuff yeah they uh, were late 50s yeah the 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 2022 versions of those people are like uh you know they're writing uh vampire sex fan fiction and stuff like that <laughs> uh yeah, but let me let me tell you this um i got this this crazy dm the other day um I was, you know, running around. Uh, I, I stuck my piece in in a big controversial thing, and I was, uh, you know, arguing with this guy. And the guy DMs me, and yeah, I looked at his profile, and it's, it's like all like, uh, you know, vote for Bernie and Chapo and blah 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 and all, all this kind of stuff. And he said, "Hey," he said, uh, "I let me tell you something." He says, "Like, um, we are we're nothing alike." Like I I don't like. He's like, you know, I'm I'm a highly educated person in New England. Let me tell you, and he, he tells he says if you can cut, and this is sort of like his. He says if you can cut into the to the Irish, Scots, Irish, Black, Polish, etc. Voters from Central West Massachusetts or Eastern Massachusetts outside the Boston metro area, you'll have numbers that can cut down the Harvard people. And he starts telling me like, the, and he's like, you know, I we're opposites. You're like this right wing guy. I'm this left wing guy. He's like, these are things you could do to win. I was like, why are you telling me this? He says, let me tell you. He says, uh telling you this but hoping you know already because i fucking hate the harvard people everyone around me the foundations the whole lot i have no desire to be made to kowtow to edward said's ghost to get a fucking job i've been here so long (laughs) everything about this this structure is horrible you know i think this is what we're talking about there's not enough seats to go around this stuff about uh you know i know i know people that are sort of like uh in the cheese chase for an academic job and you know, you you have to get on Facebook and light up your coworkers over gender and this and that. And, um, you know, uh, I think that's that's a big a big part of this is uh, they don't, you know, if we go back to the, the 40s or whatever, every single person involved with, you know, the Harvards and the New York Times or something, uh, they would have not only been wait, had a job waiting on them, they would not only had a, uh, a, a highly competent spouse waiting for them at the, uh, you know, the debutante ball, et cetera. And uh, anyways, I think that, that that's a big factor here. Yeah, the collapse of the ability to to dole out material benefits is is massive. Like that that was the real uh kind of uh, grease for the wheel of liberalism was just that it was able to produce just massive material improvements. And that will get you pretty far. Like it's it, it just short of a miracle really. And that was what it promised everybody. And as long as you could dole that out, then people were kind of willing to shut up about 
kind of everything else that was kind of slowly but surely degrading around them they could uh, tell themselves like yeah so like maybe kids don't have the vocabulary they used to but you know i've got a bigger house than my mom did and we go on more vacations than my dad ever did and you know everybody owns their own car and that kind of thing and uh, you know we got rid of racism so that's great and you could just keep telling yourself you know that that, that was kind of that, that was kind of worth the trade-offs but we're getting to the end of that and we're getting to the point where you know the next generation the next two three generations are like very obviously going to live worse lives than their parents did um not just not just spiritually but materially as well and so that ability to kind of paste over that is is getting is pretty thin and the fact that their entire coalition coalition is now just built on like straight up limit leninism right like most of these people would not be wealthy. Most of those people would not be successful if there wasn't an entire apparatus dedicated to kind of holding them in place. And they know it. And like the, the it's, it's made very clear on a regular basis that their entire status and uh, the benefits that they hold are, are entirely based on base on being the most radical person possible. Like the only, like you said, the only, only way you can outflank your, your elite opponents is to their left. That's why Cthulhu must swim that way because all all people in power benefit from shifting to the left on every situation even even you can even see this in the world of conservative commentating for a very long time up till just recently you're the best thing you could do was be the guy shifting to the left inside of the the commentariat to outflank your opponents and so like this has just been what's been rewarded sir for so long and that's why things have gotten so rabid because if at any moment like the you you aren't on the tip of the spear then you're going to fall you're going to fall to the back of the line for all those you know sinecures and you can't get like anything else, like your entire identity. Like, what else are you going to do with a gender studies degree? Like, your entire identity, the your, the entire investment of your life's work has been in gaining the approval of the regime. Um, and so you you have to stay out ahead of this. And this just makes them more rabid. Gets everything gets more ridiculous. Um, and and your desires have also been pointed this way. So as Merrick was pointing out, there are plenty of people who do genuinely also want the things that come with kind of this degeneracy but yes like there's also like a very big status and material incentive in always uh moving things this direction and the but you're just losing out more and more on those benefits that's an that's an excellent point re- regarding the status um i don't want to get dark but you you do have a meme about that subject about uh people wanting to mess with kids and stuff and um <clears throat> you know there's, there's two historical examples we've seen japan had this and and um, tur- uh, whatever the Ottomans had this, and in both cases, like towards before they shut it down, like before the Ottomans shut down, whatever this practice was, um, I don't, I don't know, whatever this the Bachabazi thing, where they had in, in Ottoman Empire. By the end of it, they said this was becoming a a part of the status games of of, of some elite males, like uh, because there's just um i don't know it's a rare commodity i guess you know compared to the the general population of women or whatever so uh and the same thing in japan this it, like this this what this this specifically became a fascination of and status symbol of the the very rich and in both cases by the way this wasn't something that was difficult to shut down uh i mean they shut it down pretty easy um so that that is some you know 
Yeah, well, all of these things would be easy to take care of, like if we're talking about the mechanics of well, it. Well, I mean, you know, what I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot of social ills that, like, you know, uh, it's you 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 could not shut down, say, uh, you know, alcoholism or other things like that to the same degree that you could shut down something like this. But in, but. I don't know. It's a dark subject. Well, it's it's one of those things that people take for granted. Like, of course, this is wrong. Of course, this is something sh- people should abhor. But if, like you pointed out, it's it's actually throughout history. There are plenty of examples of cultures that are accepting or even promoting of it. Um, and so you, you really do need a society uh, that does value uh, the innocence of <laughs> children and protecting them. Like you need a society where that is an unquestionable value, that something that cannot be discussed, cannot be broken, cannot be bent. Um, if you actually want to protect people in that way. Um, and we have just been running down a road of consent based ethics and consent based ethics. were always going to lead us to where we are. And lots of people who were laughed at and scoffed at and called names and uh, encoded as low class warned at every step <laughs> that this was going to come and, and everyone ignored them and, 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 and shoved them in a closet and they made, they made movies mocking them. Right. Um, and, and, you know, uh, okay, okay. Guy from footloose, whatever John Lithgow, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. well, guess what? John Lithgow was right, and here you are. Like you're exactly where everyone told you would be. Everyone told you you would be, and you just ignored it, right? And and that's what's so great. Like you look at guys like Andrew Sullivan, or you look at people like J.K. Rowling, and they're losing their minds now. How how could the revolution have gotten to something I cared about? How could the thing that I held sacred be under attack? Well, because you brought this to the doorstep you were told what would happen you ignored the people who explained exactly what was going to go on you went full speed ahead destroying every single foundation every single safeguard between here and there and surprise surprise now it got to the thing you care about and all of a sudden you're a conservative all of a sudden you want to stand athority history and say stop well too late too late. You destroyed everything that stopped us from getting here. So, of course, we arrived exactly where everyone told you this was going to go. Like, the, the consequences were obvious. They were made clear. Then the people who who uh, who said it were shocked and mocked and shouted down and called, you know, a low class and stupid and ignorant. And then you got exactly what they told you you were going to get. And I don't have a ton of sympathy for you. That Sullivan guy is, um, you know, if you, you know, he, he pushed and sort of insert himself inside the right wing through the most, I mean, it's pathetic. Like, I guess he just said, Hey uh, guys, I'm clearly a right winger cause I want to bomb the middle East or something like that. <laughs> um, but you know, the, it, he, you know, he's like, well, you know, we, we, we have to do this, this, uh, the gay marriage thing in which, which by the way, like, you know, there's only like about a million tops gay married people in the United States. That's like what, like 0.3% or something? Wait, wait, what? Yeah. Like, like, what do you mean? A, gay, a million gay people in America, is that what you're saying? That are mar- they're married. There's not a million gay people that are married. There's no way there's not that many. According to 2019 estimates, 543,000 same-sex married, house, married households. It's an estimate. Huh, um, okay. But yeah. I stand corrected. I, I, I'm shocked that that's actually... Well, like, you know, 
you know, a million people like like I, we could have like I would we could have just paid you guys off like directly, just like you, you know, here's like fifty thousand dollars cash. Just don't do this because what you what you <laughs> what you've done is you've taken away the ability for the state to say that that some behavior is are better than others, and like it doesn't mean like the, by the way, like this doesn't this isn't the worst thing in the world. Like you know, like uh, you know, the state uh, at one point I don't know if it still does said it's it's better to eat. Um, it's better to eat be, to eat a salad than uh, uh, a fried uh, you know fried cheese curd. So the I, state was saying. Sorry, sorry, I don't. I, I just I just want to stop real quick just to clarify something. Uh, they they did not remove the ability of the state to say some behavior was better than others. Like the state <laughs> yeah. is very very clear that it incentivizes and supports and protects exactly the behavior. <laughs> that, that right. like like what what happened was not the removal of the state this is see this is a this is the what always happens to the right is they get this argument for small government or you know go, you know separation of church state remove remove the influence of the government from something that's always an argument for the government to support something else it's never it's never this neutral arbiter we don't enter some zone where the government loses an interest in in influencing the culture and and legally supporting something thing it's not that it's not that we we lost the ability of the state to influence people it's that we fundamentally shifted the values that the state was going to enforce through its monopoly on force and its ability to tax and 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 provide uh, uh money and 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 other institutional support to different uh values you, you you're totally right and I, and and uh, you know the, the the thing is like you know like like I said the you know the state has the food pyramid I don't always behave the food pyramid wow that, that that's too bad like you said they flipped this thing and like I, I don't know if they say it directly remember I told you Merrick, like like well before I mean I th- before Obama it was like in 2007 something like that when the gay marriage debate was just super like it was all anybody talked about in politics for a while and you had this tr- i used to call it a troll but it wasn't a troll i didn't cuz i didn't understand the argument back then but i do now you would just when people would talk about gay marriage you would just put them on the spot and say like is a homosexual relationship more moral than a heterosexual relationship because you know there are no there are not going to be any problems with uh with you people oppressing other people if you're both you know blah blah, right. blah. but, but the, the, like that part was window dressing the real thing was is this actually the ideal you know, moral relationship whatever arrangement and if if you asked me that or I'd like laugh and say no that's crazy but they couldn't do that and it would always be really funny the reaction would be to get mad at you for asking the question yeah, they, because like they kicked me out of the conversation basically because they knew the answer was yes in our religion actually being being gay is more moral than being straight being black is more moral than being white but just because of the the way their uh, idiotic theology works they I don't know if they you could say they really believe that but they have they have they have to believe that. Well, the state, the the state may never say that like uh, directly, but indirectly, the mm. state says that through. Uh, I mean, you you could you could ask. Probably, it will say that directly if it. Yeah, it, it will definitely say that directly. You could I mean, pro- the- probably ask any guidance counselor, or any kind of person with any kind of authority. Then there's lots of people with authority in the government with this. Like, is you know, is there a higher potential for abuse in in a head? They'll say like, well, oh, you're in a heterosexual relationship. Here's ten phone numbers you're going to need to call. Uh, you know, you know when 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 John takes a swing at you. Are you gay? Oh no, that's that's wonderful. Everything's right. You're gonna be recycling. You're gonna be driving a Miata. It's wonderful. We don't want to speculate on this. It was when we did our our last stream. 
I made this. Con- I wish I had stopped. I, this is a good opportunity now. I wish I had stopped and like made this the bigger point, but we were kind of running late. That got that school psychologist from Arlington, and I was demanding that the governor arrest. Uh, she said in her is a throwaway line in her interview. She goes, "I have lots of students, but you know, obviously, I like my LGBT and trans students. I, I like them the most. Like they're my favorite students." Like, that's a very weird thing to say, isn't it, for for an employee of the public school system? Why do you like those people more? Well, what does that mean? Why do you why do you like those kids the most? And this is why because they are the exemplars of of humanity in their theology. This is just they're the the revolutionary subject. They're divine, like divine, divinely inspired people. I just that's how they feel about this. And what what has what's really <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. This is the scary part. Maybe it doesn't freak people out. Like maybe maybe they don't. Maybe they don't care that every June everything turns rainbow and like every this is creeped into every aspect of our lives. Like it's very obvious that this has been elevated to has gone in the course of like fifteen years, gone from a behavior that was looked down on, if not punished, to one that is like. Actually, this is the best way to live. And I, going back to what Oren was saying earlier, you you have no there's no defense against this once you have thrown away the old rule book. And I know that sometimes, especially I get criticized when people when I talk on this podcast, like call me a Bible thumper or whatever. Which is funny because I'm not Bogby. If you know, I'm not like a super religious guy, right? I'm not. I don't go to church three times a week or anything like that. But it's like. Uh, very obviously, when we threw out the old rule book, there was no immune system left to stop this. If you don't have some some basic moral foundation, then you have to every debate about like what, is is it okay to let a child be a drag queen, sex worker, whatever? Is it okay for a child to stick a five dollar bill into a, a man with breast implants, g string? You have to argue with that like it's um, like you're discussing the most dispassionate. Well, topic. You might you might have to argue whether you're allowed to even think that due to uh, you're you're taking away someone's civil rights. Yeah, exactly. But you have to, you have to make this like you have to have an argument over ev- over everything. Is it okay to have sex with children? Is it okay to euthanize people because they feel sad? All these you have you there's just no there are no first principles anymore. You just have to you have to logically argue every single thing, and that's that's where we're going. And, and you're and this is a problem because you're going to lose these arguments because of, like everybody in authority disagrees with you, so. In the end, there is someone who makes a final decision, and once you have removed all the aspects of your of your cult, of your culture, like no, sorry, once you've removed the religious aspect of your society, it will be replaced by a new religion, and that's that's what they are trying to do. But I shouldn't even mince words about it. They attacked our religion and removed it from the public sphere, and have replaced it with their own religion. And it's a shitty, materialist, disgusting one. I don't think anybody really likes it, other than a way to, to accrue power. Everyone's got to come to terms with this and just deal and just deal with the fact that you we're never going back to the neutral public sphere. It never existed in the first place. It was in, it was entirely made up as a lie to make us disarm ourselves. Yeah, if if there is no such thing as a secular society, it doesn't exist. And if you're still suffering under the illusion that you're going to be returning 
to this, then the, then you're just going to be left behind because you're you're you are incapable with dealing with the world around you. Like it is, like I said, Merrick, it is entirely clear that we have replaced one religion for another. And it's it's not that there aren't things that we can assume. It's that the new religion defines everything that has to be assumed. It, deci- it, de- it decides on the null hypothesis. You must prove that there's a reason that consent of a child is not enough to remove their organs. You must prove that consent of a child is, is not enough for them to become a sex worker or whatever. You, you must prove that. That is the null hypothesis that their consent is enough. You must prove that a parent has a right to stop a child from having from getting a doctor to mutilate them at the age of 12. You have to prove it, right? And if you can't prove it, uh, it inside the confines uh, of the, the moral uh, matrix that is set up by our current state religion, then you lose, you know, you, you fail. And, and then, and then it can be impl- in, imposed by force. And these people control everything. There's, there is literally a political commissar in every company of any size who decides like whether or not you can continue to make money as a human being and, and, and they are enforcing these rules. Like there, there is a set of people who will win every showdown have, have a Trump card in every argument. And they are the people who adhere to this religion and shift their identity. It's funny. I was, someone was, uh, there, there was some kind of showdown on Twitter with, uh, with, uh, people of color and non-binary people, uh, on the left (laughs) And uh, the and uh, the one person on Twitter was like, "You think that non-binary uh, removes your your whiteness, right? Like because because they were of course right. Like a lot of people on the left had been a lot of white people on the left who wanted to still have status in the progressive stack had gone with non-binary because it's really like the lowest level of commitment to like hacking the system, right? Like you don't actually have to go get the surgery. You don't even really have to change your wardrobe significantly, like right? Like you just kind of." declare yourself as non-binary and kind of get a androgynous haircut and you know change change a few things and all of a sudden you get to go back to climbing uh you know the the progressive ladder again you you could be a a general you could be a the, the secretary of health for the united states right like all you have to do is 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 make a, a quick clothing change and, and you're back in the game um and uh, but of course the the you know, people of color realized that they, their system was being hacked, right? And so they needed to put these people back in line, need to reassert their dominance in the progressive hierarchy. And and, the, and so it's very clear, like, the, this has just impacted every level of our society, uh, f- from ed- education to employment, your ability to buy and sell, you know, you're, you're going to get your accounts blacklisted because you have a wrong think on these issues. Like, th- this is just completely dominates everything in the way that, you know, being being a, a someone who's blasphemous and, and not adhering to Christianity and you know the 1400s would have would have made it impossible for you to really live in a village right or something like that it has exactly the same effect and if you don't see that at this point then there's there's no helping you like there there, there really isn't like you have to break yourself out of that frame you, you just have to yeah uh you know that that's something that we haven't talked about in a while but you know this uh the thing about the um uh, the non-binary thing that's just like you know that uh i i really believe like like the best the most fruitful possible part of like um 
normie uh, politics is is the civil rights thing, and and that one is like a direct like people understand now that like if you don't have if you're if you're just a regular white person, you got to have something, and you know like in the I think around twenty in the mid twenty tens, if you had nothing. If you were just a straight white person, you would you would just say I'm mentally ill, you know, and um and that would be your like <laughs> you can't you can't have nothing at all. Yeah, I've got I'm, depression. I'm bipolar. Some something that yeah, yeah. Now 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 you have the the uh, the, the gender thing, which is um you know uh that that's the one they go, they go to there, and of course the state legal. I mean, and the 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 pre state, you know, the the Harvard when they look at your. When when they look at what you have here, that's you know that's that's gonna be a primary thing. People people understand and, re- and respond to this thing. Uh, by the way, you know you know you're talking about you know winning winning the the conversation. You know I've uh, and this is kind of like a technical debate. I've had debates with people about this and like you know they're talking about like well how do you win these uh, or, or you know. Y- there's these these debates about uh you know the gender race all that kind of stuff you know in my opinion like i mean i i'm not saying it's my opinion but like of course you can't like even we you could not win the opinion anyways because you'd have to violate someone's civil rights to make the arguments like we've already seen this like you know what i'm saying like if you uh even like you know they they're even they're getting very one of the things that, that i find most insulting is the thing where they're like uh you know if you say that affirmative action, like um, uh, people who get into college through affirmative action don't have as high scores as people who don't like, you know, now you, you've, you've committed and, and like literally under the way that we are currently interpreting civil rights. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You are, you're, you, you, you've, you know, hurt, hurt the, the uh, protected class, etc. Yeah. The, so I don't know if you guys uh, saw this at all, but there is that uh, the charity, I'm air quoting like you can see it uh, uh, in the UK called Mermaids. That's about transing the kids. Yeah. And one of the uh, people on its board or something, uh, they people uncovered that he or that they uh, delivered remarks um, to like a, a minor attracted a pedophiles group uh, uh, in like support of like, of course, normalizing whatever. And, um, you know, shock, right? Of course, who, who could have, who could have seen this, right? <gasps> uh, yeah, no pattern of recognition could have possibly helped you with this. But the thing that I, you know, people are like, oh, I can't believe, you know, that they're criticizing this group now just because it's connected to this. And a lot of people in Britain were like, you know, uh, we need to be able to have discussions on this. You need to, and I was like, guys, you can't have discussions on this because. No, they literally banned you from say, accusing people of groom. It's li- you. You're literally banned for doing it. We. I, in fact, I might have to bleep this on on uh, our podcast because of Patreon. Yeah, I, I got I got locked out of my Twitter account for for a number of different posts that didn't even use the magic word as you're pointing out, but but insinuated around it. Um, so even even the slight implication of that that behavior might be predatory was enough. So yeah, you you're not allowed to even notice that this behavior is going on it's it's been banned to just vocalizing the uh, the noti- noticing this pattern is banned but also like you said their identity is wrapped around these charities so what these charities go out and do or these groups these advocacy groups whatever they name a protected class that is of course protected by civil the civil rights architecture whether it be directly in the united states or what has been exported to all of our uh, all of our satrapies and uh, they take that that matrix 
and uh, they they attach themselves to that protected class. And so now any any criticism of the of the group, the advocacy group or the the charity, is criticism and attack of that group and on their on their very identity, and therefore is a violation of their civil rights. And so you you are not you you can't actually just criticize the behavior of people who are very obviously and directly going out of their way to to victimize children and advocate for the victimization of children in the open. And if you criticize those people for doing that, you are then attacking the ch- the identity of the children. And in England, they can literally arrest you, right? Like they, like people actually go to jail yeah. for social media posts. Um, and so, uh, so it's so it's not just a matter of you you'll get banned, you'll lose your your Twitter or your Facebook account, or whatever. you you will literally go to jail for criticizing people who go out and advocate for relationships between children and adults. Uh, that, I mean, that's, we, that that's literally the state's policy at this point. We might not ever be able to travel to the UK because uh, uh, they might get a whole Merrick's review of Tu Wan Fu. <laughs> no, but half the people listening to this are not going to. I have no idea what you're talking about. Wong Fu, the uh, the Patrick Swayze and John Leguizamo movie where they are drag queens. Uh, it was like made in like 1993. Wesley Snipes. And by the way, uh, you know, I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> all of this, it, it, it's it's all the civil rights, man. Like this particular issue, uh, you know, you know, before the uh, we had this uh, historic ruling in like 2020 or whatever, um, uh, it was it was funny. It was no problem. Like uh, uh, it's not a big deal when as soon as you have. Uh, now it's a protected group. Now, now it's game on. Uh, and you know, in, I don't know, man. Uh, that, well, here, what happened in 2020 is that everyone. If you, ever, if you ever been a procrastinator in your in your life, and you 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 put off something, and you knew you shouldn't put it off, and then something, and then something happens. Ultimately, the consequences of your procrastination just made it obvious. Well, I can't do this anymore. This is this bad thing just happened and things are going to get even worse if I don't deal with it. 2020 was was that for uh, their religion. Like it just became, it, it it got to the point where n- nobody could pretend it wasn't a big deal anymore. In 2016, you could you could say, "Oh, well, this is really taking away from what really matters. We should be talking about, you know, the the fed rate or whatever." And like, yeah, I, I guess, but the thing is, you 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 could pretend that this was not a big deal. This is just culture war issues that were a distraction. But you can't do that anymore because you know, people are going to jail, people are getting killed. The the the, the FBI is rounding up every uh, anti-abortion protester in the yeah, United but States and arresting this, them. This issue wasn't a big deal until they until they they added to the protected class. But that's, I mean, okay. And white pill moment, I believe that Normie Cons, like, uh, uh, on the Supreme Court could redefine uh, the way that we, because the... the Obviously, they, yeah, I, I agree completely, but here's the, there's a, there, there's a break in 2020, and what happens is, like, before that, Normie Cons were under the illusion that this was still their country. And then post-2020, they are slowly coming around to the realization that they're actually, it's not their country, they are now literally dissidents there are people who are like enemies of the regime for their beliefs i think that that was the big difference and this goes back to what we were talking about before where they're not able to disguise it anymore and yes you're right this using the law using the law you could make you could undo a lot of these things and we and we're going to see the supreme court the supreme court start to unravel some of that however it 
they don't care about the law. They'll break the law if they can get away with it. And they do get away with it. So this is not when, even ultimately going to be a real solution. We can attack. All this can do is let us attack at the base of their support. We can whittle away at their power base using using the courts and the law, but it's not going to it's not going to win the war because they ultimately they'll just ignore the law. They don't care. What when when did that Baker uh, and the cake thing happen? Was that 2014? <sighs> 20, yeah, like, it, yeah, it was back then, back around then. So yeah. he's back in the news because like some group is like trying to get him to make a cake yeah. with like a Satan and a dildo on it or something. So whether he wins in court or not, he spent a, almost a decade at this point fighting this, right? Like, they don't need to get the end ruling. They can just destroy your life, right? Like, like that's the thing. It's like, don't get me wrong. Like, the law matters. But it's the, it's the total control at every level that allows them to just completely ruin this guy for like a decade because he said no. At some point, right? So even if you win the court ruling technically, like you like, and again, those matter. Like I'm not saying they don't they don't matter, but you need a lot more than just the court ruling to actually get things done. I I'm I mean I, I, it's not worth getting into. I'm focused on on the court ruling. I think that like those those particular situations. Uh, I mean, so you know, as we know, laws laws don't really matter. What matter is interpretations. Like mm-hmm. you know the, that first thing with a cake like um all these situations these weren't just random things that happened and even like uh you know the good guys like one of my favorite movements the 2a movement the 2a movement will engineer situations to create a uh uh something that 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 goes up goes up the courts and a lot of these like situations like that i don't know if the particular the first cake incident but i would bet money this is something that a bunch of lawyers sat down and was like uh you know we've we found we found a point here uh, and but anyways, it, 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 it's 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 not worth getting into. I would only quibble with one thing that you said there. Is that no, it's not interpretation that matters. It's enforcement that matters. We've gone beyond the point of where like interpretations govern. Now it's literally who has the power to enforce the law and what are they going to do? Let, with let, it? Let's is, let, let's this, look at this situation. Uh, so there's a lot of things that could be used. Like what do you think? What do you think? So one of the, the the great things Obama came up with that I think a, a future Republican president can do is that Obama invented the Dear Colleague letter, which is basically like, uh, Dear Institutions, this is how this law must now be interpreted, or you're going to face the executive branch. That could be something that the right could use in these kinds of things. Because once again, all these rulings and shit, the, the ruling is very, very limited. Like, you know, all the civil rights stuff says about being gay and stuff is like, you like if it's unrelated to your job, you can't be fired for it. Which, like, that has nothing to do with any of these, these big discussions. So with the Dear Colleague letter, the, like, here's the thing. So Obama issued his Dear Colleague letter. Uh, about uh, you know putting putting boys in girls bathrooms right and like immediately not only did every institution uh, across the the country that was connected to the government fall into lockstep uh, basically every p- private business and everything did too right like ba- basically yep. he wrote this dear colleague letter and and pretty much everyone did exactly what he said and then Trump issued a um executive order directly to the executive branch which is within his constitutional power it's it's not some theoretical ability 
and the executive branch just ignores it. Like, yes, exactly. Like yeah. directly says, we're not going to follow this. We're, we're going to completely ignore you. His own generals completely ignored his military orders. So having the law on your side is powerful. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But when when Barack Obama does something that no one has to follow, it's not even an executive order. It doesn't even have the force of law, even inside the executive branch. Everyone snaps to attention and follows it. And when Trump does something that tech that does technically have the force of law in the executive branch, the people in the executive branch ignore him. That that's important, right? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be purging them. By the way, that dear colleague <laughs> letter. I mean, that was a, a, a amazing amazing invention. Like, cause that's like. I'm the Supreme Court for like civil society, basically. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like he wasn't like, you know, because I he the, issued the an imperial Court. dictate. Yes, this is what I mean by enforcement is what actually matters. You actually have the power to enforce the decrees that you get. Like, this is why they hate Ron DeSantis so much because he is he has built a power base in Florida that lets him actually enforce the powers as a governor of, of a state has. And this is what really it's, it's going to all come down to. It's not even about interpretations anymore. It's about do you have the force of, not of law, do you have the force of arms behind you to, to, to do what you say? And that's what we're, like, finding a way that you can say, here's a group of people, that's, like Trump had to, famously had to do this in 2020. There were people surrounding the White House threatening to go burn it down and, and, the military would refuse to step in. Miley refused to, to help him, whatever. He had to call in people who worked for like the, the Border Patrol and the corrections, like the Department of Corrections for the federal prison system. He had to bring in pe- He had to bring in Praetorians to protect them. This is what they're going to do, what you have to do going forward. You have to identify which parts of the state are actually still loyal to you and how do I use, use them to do what I want to do. And it's why you're going to have very weird things that are going to happen. You, like, if, if you're a Republican president, the State Department is useless. Not it's worse than useless to you. They're going to be actively trying to contradict your orders and, and undercut you. The FBI, like, Do you think the FBI is going to be useful to a Republican president the next, the next time we have one? Probably not. You're probably going to have to try to purge the shit out of the FBI. And Yeah, if you still have one, you did something wrong. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to. You're gonna do. You have to make your own FBI. You have to do something totally different. And like that's what it comes down. It's really gonna come down to enforcement. We've passed the point of where interpretation is the important thing. Well, and it's not just. It's not just um, the 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 like men with swords enforcement, right? Like it, uh, it, though that is a huge part, and you're you're percent right about that. It's also the cultural enforcement, right? The reason the Obama mm-hmm. dear colleague uh, letter works is because everyone wanted to do it anyway. Right. The reason everyone snaps, too, is because everyone in positions of power wanted to follow that. And the reason Trump's executive order falls flat is no one wanted to follow that. And so, like, you you need to make it clear that there are cultural costs for not falling in line with what you want and benefits for doing what you do, right? Like the, so, so you need it on many levels. You need it, you know, on, on your corporate level, you need it culturally, you need it in your, in your class system, you need it in your uh, education system, you need it. And, and then of course, obviously in government enforcement as well. Like you do, you need it all along. And that's what makes the tax tasks so daunting is that you can't just grasp one piece of the oligarchy, 
like you, 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 because the rest of it will just kind of move around you and, and make the, the piece you're holding inconsequential. I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like directly clear, like, um, and I'm not one of these people that's like, um, we're obviously going to win. Uh, you know, I, I, I more have the, uh, you know, your last easy day was yesterday mm-hmm. uh, idea. And um, however, like theoretically, winning is possible because like all of these buttons are there. Like, you know, even like purging the FBI, is that possible? Hell, like three, the, the like uh, three of the last four presidents have done it. Um, Bush uh, took all the power, put it under DHS. Obama took all the power, put it under the um, whatever the uh, what's that one? That he put NSA, NSA, yeah, it's, it's easy. Uh, I'm not saying none of this is easy. Uh, doing all these things at once is would be. Uh, uh, I was, you know, I've been asking lots of people, like, what would it look like for just the, the deep state is just one component of the cathedral. What would it look like if, like, if the deep state is like attacks you? And I don't mean like like with forces, but like, what would that like look like? I don't think anyone really knows exactly. It would be interesting, but anyways, let, let's let's talk about um. What, what do we got? We got we got thirty minutes. Let's let's talk about white pills. <laughs> is there anything in particular you, you you white pills you see in the future? Is it is it more like uh, white pills or or, or, or um? Let's, I say white pills. It just means like um politics is super depressing and hmm. white pills is like things that aren't depressing and those are uh, uh, gold nuggets in, the, in this business yeah I, I mean i'm i'm not well known for this but i'll give the answer that i usually give which i think is is the is the best one i know how the good news is a lot of people who did not understand the world around them are starting to understand the position they're in and that mm-hmm. is very terrifying because you're falling you know you're falling down the rabbit hole you're starting to realize that you know the the roads back to or, or or the road forward to something that is better is not what you thought it was. It's far more difficult. It's far more perilous. Uh, but at the same time, at least you're no longer sitting in the comfortable delusion that makes it impossible for you to move forward. So I don't think things are going to get much better real soon. But I think what we do have is the option to be the generation that plants trees that they don't sit under. Um, we're probably going to be doing a lot of work. Like you said, your, your, your uh, last easy day was yesterday. Um, but we are, now that we have people, now that I think the majority of people are shifting footing to an understanding that we have to fundamentally uh, re, uh, rethink a lot of our priors uh and and have to rebuild um really essential parts of civilization in a dramatic way that means we have the opportunity to do so like like 20 years ago you couldn't even have can you probably couldn't even have told like your average conservative christian like we need to radically change the culture like it needs to be uh, like like the things that are coming are horrific and like we have to turn it upside down like they they would have thought like well we make a, a a tweak here and a tweak there we'll get back on track and things will get fine today that's a much easier sell right like 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 all the things you were warned about are now on your doorstep and you can pretty easily see that like you're not going to be in like, you're not going to have custody rights for your kids in 10 years, unless you're willing to like make them jump through the gender lottery or whatever. Like that, that's very clearly the kind of stuff that's on the horizon. And so it's a lot easier to explain to people like the, the t- things are urgent and change and changes need to be rather dramatic and, and serious. 
So that's the good news, I think, is that we we are now in a place where where real changes can happen because people have been awakened to kind of the things around them. It's it's getting you don't you, you don't even hear the Q people pretty much anymore, right? Like there, there's going to be some there's a bunch of good guys in the government who are eventually going to come around and like fix everything for us, like you the, like this kind of Deus Machina. Uh, thing is is not going to happen. Like you're you're going to you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and you're going to have to build institutions and you're going to have to change culture and you're going to have to rethink laws and, and the way the framework of the things around you. Uh, you're going to have to rebuild it brick by brick because if you don't, uh, then your way of life is that and then the, the your children and your children children is going to be terrible. And I think that's. I don't think that's a white pill, but it's it's the closest I've got. I think for people is is that at least now there is the option to move forward. I don't know. I was just talking to um, I was just talking uh, to the gentleman from the Worthy House, and he's much better at spinning this as a positive. He says the same thing. <laughs> he says the same thing I do, but he does a much uh, Charles Haywood does a much better job of putting a, a good spin on it. He's he's much better at that. It's like getting a diagnosis from a doctor that you have a potentially life-threatening illness. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Your your perception the day before was everything was fine, but the reality was you, you're you were in danger, and now you know you're in danger, and you can do something about it. And it, you know you might still die anyway; it might not work out. But but you know you were 100% going to die if you if you didn't change. Like if you did, if you just kept going on like nothing was wrong, it was going to kill you. And that's the situation we're in. Yeah, it's not a white pill, but I mean, it's as close to a white pill as you're going to get in in, li- in life. Like that's this is the one very useful thing about Christian morality, right? Not morality, Christian view of the universe. Like you're not, you can't really expect the white pills in this life. This life is going to be hard. Period. You, it, it matters. You have to do things the right way. You have to do things the right way. You have moments in your life that are good. Like ultimately. You're going to have to look to the look to the future and look to the great beyond if you want comfort. And I mean, that, yeah. that, that sound, I guess that sounds kind of downer, but it's it's not. Well, here's here. I, I think you're getting onto something here. Um, uh, my buddy Ernst uh, in um, in South Africa, uh, his, his Twitter handle is uh, Conscious Caracal. And obviously, like they're in a, a more dire version of our situation in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah and and uh the way he puts it is um there's uh he likes living in heroic times right and and that doesn't mean he's not calling himself a hero but what he's saying is like you are you are entering a phase of history where great things will be required of you you're not going to sit back and live the quiet easy life and just kind of you know buy the retirement property in florida and settle down and and you know, knock out, you know, uh, nine holes every morning, you know, when you wake up, like you're, you're going to have to live a life of sweat and toil and building like the generations before you who did the things that you now celebrate when you sing songs. Um, and so it's not an easy life, but it is a meaningful one. It is one where your decisions will matter and you will have to care and you will have to make investments that carry into the future. Um, so if your only goal in life is to be comfortable, then maybe that's bad news for you. But if your goal in life is to have meaning and purpose and build uh, something that matters for the people who come after you, then I've got gr- good news because there's plenty of work to get done. 
this is the only genuine white pill I could take from this is that it doesn't mean we're going to win because that's not how life works, but meaning is the one thing they their religion absolutely cannot deliver to anyone. Mm-hmm. They can't they can really do it. It's it's too it's too materialist, it's too it's too ephemeral. They just, they they're not able to do that. And they know this because they're always chasing it and they you know, there's a reason that everybody's on antidepressants and people behave the way they do. It's because a lot of people suffer from a lack of meaning in their life. They just it, this is always this is always going to be a problem for them. And the worse things get, the more obvious that problem will be. There's a reason that you know. There's a reason that our religion has been around for two thousand years. There's it it, it is, uh, in the words of an insane person, very anti-fragile. There's a lot of power and focus in when you can see what's important. I, my, uh, my first wife died really young of cancer in like her twenties, just out of nowhere. And, um, if you want something that really will just give you laser focus on what matters, that'll do it, you know? And it's not like, you know, we were, li- we were living like a bug man existence, you know, like we, we were Christians, we were going to church, you know, we were, we were happy, married, that kind of thing. But man, um, everything matters, you know, every, every moment, every decision uh, means something else. And it um, obviously, uh, you know, like it's, it's not good. You're not wishing it on anyone. It's not, uh, it's not where you want to be. But it brings uh, an urgency and an understanding uh, that you simply don't have when you just think you have all the time in the world and and things will be fine kind of in perpetuity. When you believe you live at the end of the history and like everything just gets better automatically and you never have to put forth any effort, um, then you just you, you fall apart. You know, you, 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 you naturally do. Your culture does. You, you as people just do. Um, when you no longer have to toil and struggle. And then again, that's not wishing for toil and struggle, but it's, it's understanding that um, there is something incredibly powerful when, uh, when those things are very front and center and the, the meaning is there and it's focused uh, and, uh, and you, you can do very different things uh, when you understand how, how important and what's actually at stake and kind of what's on the table. Let me make a quick pitch to some of the people listening to like actually if you'd ask if you'd asked me when I was 20 22 25 years old like I would have told you straight up I, I think western civilization's important right I think that's important it's not religion's not important it's it's optional whatever uh I was wrong about that and and he, and here's why because our what we call western civilization and I'm not the first to note this. It's basically a, 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 a different, like a rebranding of Christendom. And once you took away, once you took away the foundation, there is no Western civilization. And some people, they're happy with that. They would like to get rid of Western civilization. Uh, but the reality is, once you strip that away, it's gone. And there was a funny, I love this. There's this funny viral uh, video a couple days back you guys all saw it where the they're tearing apart the wawa sandwich shop Mm -hmm. in uh in in philadelphia and you know in the background they're just going buck wild doing the same flash mob stuff that you've seen a billion times but in the foreground there's a lady and she's like at this counter and she's like are you going to make my sandwich (laughs) or what and it's like 
No, no, nobody's going to make your sandwich. That's the sandwiches are over now. Don't you understand? Look behind you. You don't you don't get the Wawa sandwich when people were pillaging the Wawa. That's not how this works. And this is this is the same thing. Once this is gone, the 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 civilization is gone too. Something new is going to come is going to come out of this. And if you look at what's happened in the last uh 10, 15 years and you think well, yeah, these people are on the right track. We should we should have them reorder everything. Well, you you maybe you'll be happy, but if you're if you're somebody who thinks that it's been disastrous and horrible, just consider maybe you don't share the views, but the views are important. They are a foundational part. It's a Chesterton Spence yeah. on the like a, a galactic level. You don't if you, you you can't just tear things apart that are part of the infrastructure of your civilization and not have these horrible side effects. Yeah, Noah Smith was doing this on Twitter yesterday. He was like, oh, well, you know, the the one place that meritocracy should stay, uh, should 100% be is in the medical field. And it's like, well, that's adorable, but that's not how it works. Like the revolution, like if you create a system where every other area of your civilization is dominated by this progressive hierarchy and you've completely removed meritocracy as a selection mechanism from like everything else, it will bleed over. Like you can't just destroy every pillar of Western civilization and leave the one that like does your kidney transplant. Like that's not how it works. Like you, like if you completely rip out every single thing that got you to this point then you don't get to keep like all the really high order functionality that you really liked about the civilization. Sorry, it all goes. Yeah, and th- there's also an incentive thing there. This is like I don't know if people know like 10 15 years ago they were we were pretending that that that, that science was going to be off limits to uh the yeah. culture revolution. This <laughs> yeah. this is why all this like that's a joke now. I mean, now it's uh seems quaint. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and like there's, you know, it's it's incentive. Also, you think of Rome, like you know, in Rome, um, you, you had a pretty decent life for back then. It's like, but here's the the one, like you know, you can have any girlfriend you want, but you can't sleep with a vestal virgin. That's it. There's like eight girls in all of Rome that you can't sleep with. Anything else goes. Guess what? Of course, this incentivizes everybody. Oh God, I gotta sleep with with the uh, with, with the vestal virgin. You'll be put to death. Doesn't matter. Like you, you incentive like and, and the thing with the, the the like. Well, the science will be the thing that keeps all its credibility. Like what? Like you think the credibility is what they they effing want? Of course, they're gonna tailor in that. I hate Rome. I hate the Roman state. But I like the aqueducts. Can we keep those around? The answer is no. You're gonna go. You're gonna spend four hundred years drinking uh, poopy water. Because the, the, it is all a package deal. Do you remember that guy on Twitter a few months ago? I forget. He was like a, he was like a lawyer or something. And he lived in California, and he got dragged because he was like, "Oh, I, I mean, I I hate oh, like Ohio and all of its values and all of the people that live there, but we have to move there because <laughs> California has just become unlivable. Like, they're, they're, like there's crime everywhere. There's poop in the streets. Like, they, they're, they're, everything costs too much, and we ha- and there's just no connection. There's just, like like this guy is supposed to be smart. He's supposed to be an elite. He's supposed to be highly educated he can't make the simple connection of the dots like the place i live is bad i want to move to a place that's good it has different values 
well, I guess all the people who live in that good place just got lucky, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Magical dirt. Yep. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, people can change their mind. I mean, Mussolini was a communist at one point. But, um, <laughs> but it, it, here's a little happy story about the way things change. Um, so uh, I'm a redneck. I like classic cars. Like I've, I've, I've owned many, many, many. And when I was younger, if you owned classic cars, like – you you were very picky. Every like every person. I'm not talking about wealthy people, but like every person be like, oh, I would only drive a Chevy. I would never drive a Ford classic uh-huh. car. And you would get a tattoo of that one, and you would go to the meetup of, of people of, of that classic car and stuff. Let me tell you, that's all gone now. And you know, and the thing is, there's not is there's not enough to really do that no more. So these days, people like if you if you exp- if you just like well. Uh, you know, if you just get the classic car that you can get, because you can probably get something, you can probably get a, but it might be a Chevelle, it might be a Mustang, it, it might be a satellite, like you don't really know, and then you'll, and that's how things have gone. So now it's, it's not like, oh, do you have this classic car or whatever? It's like, do you got a classic car? Is it fun? Yeah, that's it. And that's, that's how, that's how that, that, that sort of hobby goes now. Like, and by the way, they, they cut, they got down to what's important. Whether you had a Ford or a Chevy wasn't what the thing was actually important. The thing that was important was that you had fun with it. And that's it. Uh, <laughs> I know, um, Oran, you got to go, um, what do you what do you have to shill, sir? Oh sure, uh, yeah. People can find me on um, YouTube or in McIntyre. I've also got uh, Rumble and Odyssey channels. If people want to watch on alt tech platforms, uh, I've got the uh, the Twitter and the Gab. If people want to uh, follow there, and then uh, like you said, I've got the Substack um, where I have uh, upload uh, pieces of a book I'm working on. And along with different articles and audio versions of kind of all the stuff I do. But I, and by the way, I, I just highly recommend people the the thing that you do with YouTube, I assume you do it because you're inspired by distributors. I mean, that is like, uh, I saw the jury's talking about lately. That is kind of like a, a, that is a high effort art form. That's like, it, it is, it's not really going around much. I'm telling you, if you're out there, if you, if you, if you gotten this far, you would love it. I mean, they're, they're really, they're really, really good. Uh, I'm a big. I saw the last one. You, you had a you, you had a 40k uh, uh, comparison. I, <laughs> I need. I, I'm not particularly good at editing. I'm still working on that. So I need like backgrounds. And I was like, yeah, something inhuman that's destroying everything. Yeah, we'll throw some necrons from 40k in there. The, the my audience might might know some of that. So I've been using the board from Star Trek before. What? What happened to the guitar riff that used to start in your videos? <laughs> this is very con- uh, controversial. There's a lot of controversy over the the uh, opening. I got a lot of gu- guff. People are like, oh, this is this is Boomer. This is YouTube from five years ago. So I had that, and then I, I swapped in like a metal one, and then people you know had a problem with that. So I just went directly into it. But I, I might just bring back the uh, the intro. I, I might just force it. You know, I've got better editing software and stuff now. I, I can do – I got a little more skills. I can do a more professional job and not make it less quite so cheesy but uh but yeah no there there were a lot of there were some people who stand for the intro and then some people who gave me a lot of guff for it so i stand for the i stand <laughs> I for the guitar riff. excellent uh hopefully we'll uh we'll see you back on the christmas special maybe you can drop by but thanks a lot man absolutely man love the podcast thank you so much making their way the only way they know how let's go